Well, the cool part here is you can separate the scaling necessity from the data ownership. And so right now, the data has to be hosted somewhere, and they can delete the data, they can change the data, they can decide what APIs you, they do or do not provide to retrieve the data. But with the, the hypercore you know, underlying tech, you own the data, you generate the data, and anybody can serve that data for you. So instead of your podcast service having all this proprietary stuff, um, your podcast service is just another seeder. And if you, you know, so the, the future would be you're just paying as many seeders as you need to pay to make your data as available as your user base expects it to be in various applications. The best in Bitcoin made audible. I am Guy Swan, and this is Bitcoin Audible. What is up, guys? Welcome back to Bitcoin Audible. I am Guy Swan, the guy who has read more about Bitcoin than anybody else you know, and we have got an interview. We have got Chat74 with Synonym CEO John Carvalho. Everybody knows Bitcoin error log. If you remember, we had him on the show a while ago to talk about basically what the big vision was for Synonym and these things. And this was well before BitKit came out. And BitKit is now out. And uh, I've been uh, very happy to have been like with the beta and playing with all of these toys up until release. Um, it's been super fun kind of digging into this. And this stuff is just so... Man, I'm, I'm like really engrossed in this as... I, I genuinely think it's the most exciting thing to me that is happening in the Bitcoin and lightning space overall. And that's for a couple of different reasons, but really I, I think the self-hosting revolution needs needs a just plug it in and it works solution. And we're getting closer and closer, but I think I really think this is a big, big part of it. And I'm super excited by what Noster and um, Blue Sky and these other things are doing in an, an attempt basically to compete at the same layer and towards the same task because it gives me more hope than ever that there's kind of aggressive competition in accomplishing this just makes me know that the pressure, both the pressure from the market and the pressure from the, the feeling of the need, um, particularly in Bitcoin, of having rails that we are not dependent to, to basically get our sovereignty, to how many different ways can we get back our control over our identity, over our data, over our presence and our network, over our ability to reach other people, to reach each other, our ability to pay each other, our ability to save our money in something that cannot be diluted, our sovereignty. And this is such a huge piece of the puzzle. I think this is where, I mean, anybody who knows or has any sort of perspective on the obvious censorship and manipulation happening in social media and the degree of control that is enabled by us all only conversing on huge centralized platforms that we're sort of locked into or not locked into but there's a huge barrier with the normal network effect problem um, with 
with finding these alternative paths. It's, this, it's the same, you know, a phone might be a great communication tool, but if none of your friends have a phone, who are you going to call? Well, Ghostbusters. But aside from that, the, <laughs> the, the point is, is you, everybody needs to be a part of that network, which means, you know, they have to adopt slash tags. They have to um, adopt hole punch and these sorts of things. But with that pressure, with the, what it can offer to Bitcoiners and to the Lightning Network and to our infrastructure, and that we can have payments built into this thing to incentivize it, I am getting way ahead of myself. This is not a guy's take episode. This is a chat with John Carvalho, but it's just something that I've been really excited about, and it's cool to actually have the BitKit in my hands to play with and to see it work and to be playing with Keat, um, which I have just truly fallen in love with, and it continues to get better with every single update. I am so excited by how reliable, and I spend more time on Keat now than I do Telegram and Twitter, actually. Granted, most of what we do in Keat is we're in a group where we talk about Keat, so a little bit circular, but <laughs> um, uh, but it's, it's increasingly, it looks like it's going to do what they say it can possibly do. Um, it seems to be working, and that is just very exciting to see the first, as John Carvalho actually puts it in this, first Lego pieces of something that could truly be just really massive. Um, so that is what we talk about in today's episode, and I have wasted a lot of time getting there. So we're going to thank our sponsors really quick, and then we're going to turn this over and start our chat with John Carvalho. So let's send him swanbitcoin.com. Throw a slash guy on there for the special link for their longtime support of this show. Um, their amazing service that I have been using the whole time. I Swan has just set up my savings account and it just runs. I don't know how you beat that. And their conference this freaking weekend, guys. Pacific Bitcoin is happening this weekend. You can still get 20% off your tickets with code GUYS. I will be having three different panels, and I am stoked about it. And when you travel, do not forget about the extra sats back with gift cards on the Fold app. I get 3% back on Uber and 3% back on Airbnb. Plus, obviously, I get sats for all of the other fiat purchases I do. In fact, I actually had to take my dogs into the vet today because um, they're not feeling very well. But the front desk lady got me 2% back on the first freaking spin. So, silver lining to the dog's bad day. I'm sorry, guys. Um, and then you know where you're going to keep it all safe. We're going to keep that, keep those sats secure with a freaking cold card hardware wallet, man. Obviously get a cold card for the versatility and for the security. And honestly, any, any number of the incredible Bitcoin hardware products at CoinKite, keep your Bitcoin cold. Use a cold card. The link is guyswan.com slash cold card, and it's available right in the show notes. Easy to find. So with that, let's get into today's chat with John Carvalho from Synonym, Bitcoin Aerolog on Twitter, talking about BitKit and slash tags and the ambitious vision, thinking about how we might start to redesign the internet with sovereignty at its core. This is Chat 74, Synonymous with Sovereignty. With John Carvalho. And I honestly just more than anything want to know what you guys 
have been up up to how have how has your perspective changed well actually you know let's start off with what's happened over at synonym uh in the last couple of weeks and what is new and i'm sure there's some audience that does not follow this <laughs> like i do is this the interview are you telling me what you're going this to is the ask? interview we're starting out. we're <laughs> okay. starting out i want to know i want to know what synonym has been up to okay okay so um for the past month or so we've been really trying to prepare for treating this uh, plan b lugano uh, plan b forum in lugano um as like our big kind of update and so we've been trying to ramp up and finish everything that we could as far as our current open projects and you know primarily trying to get BitKit, our mobile app, um, into as close to a releasable state as possible. Um, this was a, a big effort by the team, and you know we had to make some compromises and, and work extra hard at the end, um, but we are happy that we are we were able to at least get it into a beta testing state in like, uh, Apple test flight and, and uh, beta mode in uh, Google Play. Um, we also were able to get the whole team. We, we treated that meetup as like a team meetup as well. Mm -hmm. So the whole team gathered in, uh, in Switzerland a week early before the conference. So we kind of worked together on this final, you know, ramping up for launch. And this involved not just making the app, but we completely like redid the website, updated all the content, made a kind of separate product sites for each product. Um, for slash tags, we also kind of were trying to ramp up to make this kind of like the first, uh, the first kind of coming out for it. I mean, we've been coding it out in the open really, but we wanted to kind of show like we wanted to have all of the narrative and all of the kind of support materials in place to kind of explain what we were doing in Bitkit and how it was like a large way powered by slash tags tech. And so we wanted to make sure the slash tags website was fully up to date and uh, actually, well, it didn't exist till uh, a couple weeks till, till the, till the conference, but you know, had everything that people would look for. And then we had these bright ideas to make like this playground. And that was a whole other extra project we added to kind of make sure devs could see, like to give them ideas about how they could apply this and, and use BitKit to test and, and integrate with their own apps and their own websites, because I don't know. One thing I've learned in the past, you know, year or two of trying to explain what we're doing is it's not easy, and people just don't get it. No matter how good I get at explaining it, it's just too abstract <laughs> and too different for them. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to put it in their hands, um, and and I yeah. think we we mostly succeeded in doing that. Um, and we were lucky enough to have a few people also like try to integrate and, and support slash tag stuff for launch, like the guys at Starbacker integrated like the login and pulling your profile data and stuff like this. But I guess I'm kind of getting ahead. Um, you know, the, the big kind of update was indeed the BitKit wallet. <clears throat> and that's what we've been up to is getting that ready for launch. Um, we're still polishing up the bugs and working out some things to unlock the full uh, capability for lightning in iOS and get things kind of being able to do larger payments in Android. But we're pretty close on all of that. So I'm, I'm actually looking forward to the next release, which should be next week, where we have a, like a lot of things ironed out, a lot of bugs ironed out, performance improved, uh, hopefully lightning fully unlocked and fully functioning. Um, but yeah, uh, any questions? <laughs> Well, there's one that is not really technical related. I've just always been curious the 
the brand of synonym and slash tags and the look and the aesthetic of the app, who does that? It's really good. And as I'm in the process right now of working on our own stuff, because really what I have now is just what was thrown together to get the podcast live. Like I've never really spent hard time on it, you know? Um, but aesthetic matters a lot. I feel like in flow, like, like in, in the user experience. Um, I mean, obviously like the placement and the interface obviously is part of that, but like those things are very, very closely tied together. I was just curious, like, what was your thinking? Like, who do, who puts that together? Like, where did where did that whole aesthetic and idea come from? Sure. So, you know, that was always part of the plan, just in general, that user mm -hmm. experience was going to be very important. And we were trying to, you know, part of what BitKit is, is rethinking the wallet and trying to say, if we really honestly were trying to make the best user experience for um, a Bitcoin app and try to make this something that could kind of penetrate the normie market. Um, what would we do? Like, what would we, what sucks about the way wallets portray Bitcoin to people? What sucks about the way that we portray lightning to people? What sucks about, you know, just sending a payment and receiving a payment? Like how good could we actually make this UX? And that was always part of the plan. And that was why we kind of, you know, didn't ignore what other wallets were doing so much just tried to rethink it all um and then my background before bitcoin was i worked in branding so i had a marketing company that we would do like full service branding for companies where we would redesign their logo redesign their website you know redesign all of their their uh, marketing materials and just handle like a full service shop for everything for branding and it it took me a while to find um a designer that, that I could pair well with because that's my background as well as I used to do design as my primary. So career. you're picky and you know what you want. <laughs> that makes it hard to find people. Sure. But I, I, I don't want to uh, discount how much of this had to do with, with that. I did find the right designer. For um, sure. And so we, you know, we had to go through probably three or four of them over the past couple of years, but finally, you know, while we were going through them, you know, I was kind of moving the brand forward and kind of getting a vision going for that. And then finally, we found our designer, Alder, and basically he was exactly what I was looking for. Um, and he was very disciplined with working, you know, with UI. And, and that's something that's basically my major weakness is all of my design experience was for print and for layout and for static stuff. I had gotcha. done websites and things like that mm -hmm. for clients, but mostly pretty simple stuff. And so I was like, while we were in between, in between designers, I was trying to basically learn Figma and make the designs. And it's just like, all right, the CEO should not be doing this. I have way too many things to do. And I would get frustrated, you know, when we had designers that didn't really work out because I just needed someone that was experienced, you know, that someone really knew what they were doing. So I, so they would know what I meant when I asked for something or know what I meant when I pointed out that something could be better. And Alder definitely is that, you know, Alder is our lead designer and actually our only designer. Um, and he has similar experience in branding, but tons of discipline and experience with UI as well. So we've kind of been playing, we've been playing off each other for months now. Um, and we have a really great, you know, uh, back and forth sort of relationship where we both really test each other and you can't get something, you know, you can't get something half-assed through either of us. And so I think it shows in the app. 
<laughs> nice. Um, yeah, th that's honestly something that like throughout the testing and then just in like my daily, like I have like, God, Jesus, like a, just a ton of Bitcoin wallets and lightning wallets. And when I'm going in and out of each of them, I notice that BitKit has has a very particular feel. And, and I haven't pinpointed exactly what pieces of it like make it stand out, but it does. I feel like I'm doing something a little different when I open up my BitKit wallet, which is a good thing in, in the association that I have with it. Um, but probably the most interesting thing to me in or the most seemingly unique in the experience and understanding kind of a little bit of the back end of how it works is slash tags. Um, like I am, and the fact that I know I'm going to be able to use it on Keat and stuff soon, um, which I assume for anybody in the audience, you should definitely listen to the episode we had with Matthias and Paolo on Keat and Hole Punch and all of the stuff that's being built on a very similar and or same platform as uh, Synonym with uh, Hypercore. Um, but uh, um, that has been essential. This has literally been the stuff that has been wrapping up everything that I've been working on and trying to play with uh, more recently. This is, honest to God, one of the most exciting attempts that I have seen for the idea of redesigning how we connect to each other and how we establish who each other are on the internet. Um, and, and I really think it's a big deal. I think a lot of people are kind of not seeing how big of a shift this is. And I wanted to ask you about, uh, in the BitKit wallet is the main wallet and its normal connections. I know the widgets are, but is the main wallet actually connecting to like over hypercore? Like, in other words, are you are you seeding your own data using slash tags when when you have the wallet open? Yes. Um, if you if you have the wallet open when somebody is trying to add you, they're actually getting the data from you. Instead, it um, seemed like it because when I was copying, you have Synonym has a seed as well, correct for for all the contacts. Uh, the contact information. Synonym, or like you meant say BitKit or. So Bic, the, the, the way that the seed, let me back up a little bit. So basically Tell me how the, it way works. That it wor <laughs> <laughs> the way that it works in the wallet in BitKit is when you first create the wallet, you are creating a seed, your Bitcoin seed and the mm -hmm. 12 words. Um, <clears throat> and there is a, we have a, a derivation scheme for where you create a master key for your slash tag keys as well. So you, when you want to restore your wallet, you just restore it using your Bitcoin seed and it, but it also restores all of your slash tag seeds. Now we don't use the same cryptographic curve as Bitcoin. Like you can't send Bitcoin directly to a slash tags pub key. It's a different curve mm -hmm. uh, Add two, one, one, five, nine or whatever it is. I've got the numbers Matt, wrong probably, but yeah. people that know it will be familiar with it. Um, and so when you create that, that, that key, that keychain, you know, you have, you, you cre create whatever you need for your Bitcoin keys for on-chain, whatever you need for the lightning node, which is an LDK node inside of the wallet. Um, and, and the key that basically you keep creating keys for, for slash tags as well. Um, and so when you have these keys, these are the same keys that are used for creating the hyper cores. And these are basically data drives that are able to be found in a DHT. The DHT is technically called hyperswarm, but 
here's where the so parts of our conversation are probably going to confuse <laughs> people with all the terms. Yeah, yeah. But you know, our our one of our sister companies is called Hole Punch, and the reason why they're called Hole Punch is because that's part of the tech that makes what we're doing possible, and the technical term for what's happening is called hole punching, and so. The hypercore protocol, basically this DHT and, and data storage method that we use, is able to now also combine with this whole punching concept to get to punch through networks. And so this is something that's actually pretty difficult. Um, and actually, now you're starting to see, uh, I believe IPFS is working on trying to solve similar problems, and they're working on hole punching as well. Um, but the idea is just, it's not always easy to get through your home network or whatever, any mis miscellaneous network you're in to be able to mm -hmm. share data. And this works, this this data scheme works a lot like BitTorrent, except it's just cooler. It has, it can do more things <laughs> than BitTorrent. Um, but, it, but it's essentially the same kind of idea. And so the primitives here are basically you are a key and you can have data that is only writable by that key. And when everybody, whenever anybody reads that data, they know that your key created it and only your key could create it. So it has integrity. And then, so you have that primitive where you're a key and you're a drive, but you can also be, you can have your key and you can make a drive about another key. And so with this, just this primitive, you can basically recreate the entire web in a peer-to-peer -peer fashion. And so we're trying to show people one feature at a time what this really powerfully enables inside of applications. And so that's why we're showing in BitKit the profiles feature, the contacts feature, the pay to contacts feature, which we you know we call slash pay, but you know we don't mention slash tags in the app either, just like we don't mention lightning. Um, mm -hmm. And the widgets feature, of course, the feeds, the auth, all this stuff is powered because keys are the primitive and you know where you can find data about a key. And so we're going to do some really cool things with async communication, which is kind of like what key is doing. So when I have a drive about you, you will be able to do things like find a on-chain address I made for you. So it's a dedicated address that you can pay me to and that other people can't see. And we can have encrypted messages to each other that are only for each other. And so there's just a lot you can do. But I guess I, could, I have to say, like, to keep it simple, to take my word for it, that just the primitive <laughs> of you being a key and having a drive that you control, and then you being a key and having being able to have a drive about other keys, you can keep expanding this to solve basically any internet problem for being censorship resistant and, you know, scalable in a relative subjective way. I've been thinking about like at what level of the internet this operates at and like everything it's essentially doing all at once. Because one of the things that interests me about slash tags that I've noticed, because I, I basically proved to myself that I was in fact downloading the profile information from my brother, like from the other contact. Um, because, uh, when, uh, when I first added him from like a thing from like a screenshot or whatever he sent me, um, I, uh, I did not get his profile image. Um, and his now you should have, that's actually a bug. <laughs> um, I, I know. I realized that's okay. what it was. <laughs> and I was, I was explaining it to other people while I was talking with them. It's like, no, there was supposed to be a cedar, but there was just like a hiccup in the thing. Um, uh, but, uh, that one, so I was like, I was like, all right, well, dude, open your wallet just to confirm that like everything's there. And the second he opened his wallet while we were on the phone, it propagated onto my wallet which I thought was like 
oh shit, that's amazing. Because it was, it was having that bug with like a couple of the contacts or whatever that I added. But that's the, that was the other thing is that, is it going to eventually be that I can also download, like if my brother has uh, contact information with five other contacts and three of those are in my contacts and I connect to them, will I be able to download his profile information from them the same way as I'm downloading it from the, the that's what the cedar is or whatever. Um, so like the way if I describe what we're doing to make it offline, it's going to sound centralized, but it's actually just redundancy for, so while it's just having a cedar on the BitTorrent network, it's right? Like so while there are few people in this one. network, we, we need to have, um, to make sure that at least we are seeding our users data. And that's because they're most of it's in, in a wallet environment in a mobile phone. Whenever you close the app, it stops, it stops being connected. Yeah. Unlike on I a desktop. Do a background stuff. And so that means that most of the time when people want to try to get your data, you're not there to serve it. And so we redundantly seed any drives that we are aware of. Now, because they're locked by keys, this is a safe operation. In other words, you don't become uh, in a walled garden of ours because we can't, we don't control the data you do. And so when you send an update, we're basically subscribed to you too. And so when we see new data in your drive, the next time you're online or you edit your profile, we update our copy just like in BitTorrent, which the difference here with Hypercore and, and BitTorrent is BitTorrents are just static files and that, that file doesn't change. But Hypercore allows you to continually stream and add more data and append more data. Basically, these are append logs. And so um, when you're offline, we're able to see this data and people, but when anybody is online, they are able to seed any data that they have. Now in BitKit, it's not practical for you to be seeding to, you know, hundreds of, you know, files to hundreds of people. It's just, your phone isn't equipped for that. But mm -hmm. in the future, we will have, when we start doing things on the desktop for the web, et cetera, you'll eventually have, you know, a, a normal node that will be embedded in whatever application we're making for the desktop. And this is again, getting more to what Key is already doing. Key is trying to do live communication through using these primitives. Um, and so when you are running Key, you're actually seeding all of the chats that you have to all of the people that are looking for those chats and aware of those drives. Yeah, it's, it's really crazy. Like going back to what I was saying with like where this works on the level of the internet. While I was, while I was playing around with the contacts and thinking about how this would integrate with Keat and stuff, it, it it's so interesting because it makes certain things that we're used to about the internet kind of redundant. Like it makes email addresses a little bit redundant if I the already have email addresses. They're just the. Like, like basically in one swoop, because, because you have a decentralized means of connecting to someone and getting like an updated feed and you already have encryption built in because your ID is your tool for encryption. Um, like you, you're basically solving the domain, your, your DNS, it's SSL and the certificate repository or whatever. And it's a contact like email sort of set up but it's like not three systems it's just like one thing that does all three of those jobs um 
And it's really yeah, the like, part is whether to emulate all of that again. Like we could emulate email addresses, whether make emulate it to feel names. like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And this is what shitcoins yeah. do, right? They they make a system sort of like you know <laughs> that uses some things like this, and then they say buy a dot BTC domain name, and it's like okay, well, mm-hmm. like we could literally do the same thing. Like we could just make a domain name system, but it's like and we could sell dot BTC yeah. domain names. No, but the the point is that you don't actually need any of that if you actually understand how this stuff works. But, you know, the shitcoins all sell their products on narratives. And so the narrative, Mm -hmm. so a big mission at Synonym is to kind of destroy these narratives and just show, oh, you think you think this is so great. Like, look, we're doing it and it's no blockchain. Like, oh, you want you want to have vanity names. You want to have domain names. You want to have uh, paying people to, you know, to their key contacts, login, NFTs even you can be do without blockchains. And so and this gets into maybe another topic we can talk about later, which is the pair credit announcement that we did. Um, but yeah, so I guess maybe let's rewind a little bit because we jump straight into like the technicals <laughs> of slash tags. Yeah. Um, and so let me give a little summary of BitKit just for people that are kind of not initiated. Um, yeah. BitKit's a Bitcoin wallet. Um, and it supports normal Bitcoin on-chain transactions, all the features you might expect, but a little bit better user experience than you might expect when sending and receiving on Bitcoin. It supports Lightning, and so you're also able to onboard um, into the Lightning Network with very, again, innovative user experience that we have you know, created in the wallet. And the way we were able to achieve this is that our, our LSP, our Lightning Service Provider server, is tightly integrated into the wallet. Um, and so you're able to basically buy channels whenever you need them. And this is actually going to get even cooler as we go because we, we're going to add things like just-in-time channels to where you'll be able to not even be on Lightning and receive a payment. Um, and so there's very cool Lightning stuff going on there, cool Bitcoin stuff going on in there. And then we have, you know, a lot of people thought that this wallet was going to have tokens in it because I've been kind of a, a, a purveyor or, or proponer, proponent, I don't know what you want to call it, a trailblazer of Lightning tokens and ideas and concepts around this. And we demonstrated like the first Tether moving on Lightning using Omnibolt tech. And we were part of RGB and we were... Uh, aware of the tarot announcement when it was coming and all of these things. Um, but we didn't include tokens and we can also talk about that more in, in the pair credit section of the conversation. So there is, there is no token support in the wallet at the moment. Um, our policy basically when it comes to lightning tokens and, and any Bitcoin token thing is if we see uh, a large demand and those things get become very successful without us taking the risk of implementing them or trailblazing those things, then we'll consider adding support in the wallet. But generally speaking, I, I just, I no longer believe you need a blockchain for that either. Um, and that's where pair credit comes in. But uh, so we will support pair credit in the future, probably next year when it's ready. And then finally, so you have the Bitcoin, you have the lightning, you don't have the tokens, but you do have slash tags, which is kind of like web three stuff or web five stuff or whatever, you know, whoever is now, whatever narrative has got you so far. Um, we're trying to you just kind of show you that you just don't need a blockchain to do those things. And what new, what new user experiences and features you can do just by the primitives we were discussing earlier, you know, having a DHT, having a file that you control with your key, owning, like literally owning your data um, and what you, what you can do with that. And so the slash tags features are the profile. And so we've kind of 
it's like having a Twitter profile, but it's yours and you can take it anywhere and any website can integrate it. And so you have like an avatar and you can choose your name and you can write a bio and you can have like a link list and we'll add more features to it in the future. We have we already have some really cool ideas coming from people that are playing with it. And we've kind of merged the concept of a public profile with what you're used to with your contacts in a phone. I hope you can't hear all somebody's doing drilling or something upstairs. <laughs> I, I can hear I can hear there's something in the background, but it's not that bad. <laughs> um, and so we're merging the concept. We're, we're taking the old concept of contacts as being something like a database you manually manually enter data into, and it eventually always gets like stale, and you have like duplicates or you have like phone numbers that no longer exist and just old data. And we're combining this concept with a, with a social media profile because you own the data, right? So when you add a contact, you're actually following that, that person and they are the ones giving you the data. And so they can always keep the data up to date, you know, constantly. And so anytime they want to change, like, you know, update what Twitter account they are or whatever data they put in their profile, you'll get it automatically and see that update in your phone and your contacts when you look at their profile. So you don't have to do anything to keep your profiles and your contacts up to date. Um, and because, again, we're using this, this method of being able to communicate asynchronously, you can also pay to these contacts. So we're basically creating a like, a like a payment protocol on top of Bitcoin, on top of Lightning. And so it kind of, it's not literally on top, it's not a Bitcoin layer, but it's, it's a protocol for paying people using slash tags. And so when you want to pay someone in BitKit, one of the options, instead of pasting in a pub key or pasting in a Lightning invoice, which you can still do that, you can choose one of your contacts. And when you choose one of your contacts, the user experience is basically like, choose an amount, choose a contact, send. But what happens in the background is BitKit checks what payment methods you support, and it goes to the DHG and it checks what payment methods they support. And, it, and if they're online and you both have Lightning, they'll generate an invoice for you and you can pay them on Lightning. If they're offline, then you'll grab the the, the on-chain pub key and pay them on-chain. And so what we're trying to do with BitKit is eventually get to the point where the user needs to know nothing about how Bitcoin works and nothing about how Lightning works. And the wallet kind of negotiates and figures out what needs to happen to make this payment possible. And so as we add like features like splicing and, and swapping and all of these things, eventually the user is just not going to need to know how Bitcoin works in any way. They're just going to choose how much they want to send and send it. And we're getting close to that with what we're doing with the slash tags payment features. Um, so yeah, any questions about any of that before we get into widgets and feeds? <laughs> <laughs> um, not, not any questions, but like this is kind of what I always imagined was the end game. You know, this is where you have to get. This is, this is the, the path I feel like you must take for people to be able to use Bitcoin in mass, um, particularly in a, in a sovereign way um, to have the most, like to have the entire stack. You know, people don't, people don't like go and pick, oh, should I use HTTP today or should I use FTP? Should, should I connect directly to their IP address or should I choose DNS? And that's what it feels like when we're saying, do you want to use own chain or lightning to somebody who has no idea how these things function? And, and you know, one thing that BitKit actually does, I assume that this is what this is about, is the little lightning bolt is like a little S for sats. Mm -hmm. um, is that like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, that's really intuitive and simple because, and, and I, I 
put a I put a thread or whatever on Twitter just to see like what other people thought about it. And everybody's like, oh, you know, and there's this thing going on with like, what's the sat symbol or whatever. And everybody's like, people are going to confuse it with lightning. Lightning is already your thing. And I'm and I'm like, like, look into the future. Look, look at Normie's perspective on this rather than our perspective during the bootstrapping era. Nobody's going to know what lightning is. Nobody's like in the, for the same reason you don't go like, uh, you know, don't don't name it BG because people might think you're talking about BGP routing in my router. It's like nobody's nobody's going to confuse that when this is ubiquitous because the user experience is going to just make that disappear um, or it's never going to become ubiquitous. We're, we're never going to work in, an, in a system where this is, you know, available to everybody in mass and. It's because everybody is totally aware of who the hell could, how could you possibly have widespread adoption of cars if it required everyone to understand how a com the intricacies of a intricacies of an internal combustion engine and an alternator and you know water pump and all of these things? No, it specifically happens when nobody has to know about any of that shit anymore, and it continues to work. And that's what it feels like. The audience doesn't realize like, you're like moving so much right now that you're getting the the download <laughs> speed. Is it can't keep up with you on the video feed. And I'm hearing like audio, <laughs> audio distortion because you're waving your get, hands I around. Get really active, <laughs> lots of hand waving and shaking of the camera. Um, oh Jesus! Um, but uh, but I agree. Like, like, like uh, yeah, there's there's it feels like, like the beginning. I, I of see that, both sides. It's yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, I, I'm not going to claim that we have done it perfectly. I'm not going to claim that there's no trade-offs to trying to push the envelope with you know how, what we're doing with UX or what we're even doing with just tiny UX decisions like using a lightning bolt for the SAT symbol. Like there is a little bit of trade-off while we haven't reached this kind of what I call zero lightning user experience. Um, mm -hmm. But I know that. But now that I know enough about lightning to know that it's possible to get there. I don't mind pushing the envelope because it, basically I see it as almost like an advertisement. Like if people yeah. are tapping and cycling through which denomination, like they have Bitcoin, they have Sats, they have whatever fiat they want to, and you can you can uh, customize which fiat it, it converts it to when you're looking at the total. Um, if they choose Sats and they see Lightning Bolt, they're going to have questions if they've never heard of Sats before. If they they don't know about Satoshi's, and they're going to have questions as to why it's Lightning Bolt. But they can ask those questions. You know what I mean? Like they can learn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I, I don't think I, I don't believe in this. Like my grandma, and I don't know. You, you'll see when we when the presentation comes out, we have this whole grandma can use Bitcoin theme with how we present mm -hmm. all these features in Bitkit. You know, and it's like you know, grandma can can pay instantly. Grandma is grandma can't be canceled, and all these kind of <laughs> themes. <laughs> and um, the other, like it always bothered me how people were like, oh, I, my grandmother could never use this. I was like, if your grandmother could learn to use email, she can learn to use Bitcoin, and so. Yeah. I'm okay with putting a little pressure on people having to learn what's going on as long as you're intuitive about it. And yeah, most of the time when you're looking at sats, you you probably can be sending them or receiving them on Lightning. But we do have other cues in the app. Like we're consistently showing that Lightning Bolt in different places. Like when you want to pay instantly, there's the lightning bolt again. When you receive an instant payment, there's the lightning bolt again as the icon. Like there's, it's very intuitive to where you start figuring it out just by using the app. Yeah, if you can, you can cycle it and it can be all on-chain Bitcoin, but when you look at it in sats, it's gonna show a lightning bolt. That's not perfect. But 
nobody is going to care that much. They're just going to say, this is when I display it in the base unit. And people will yeah. learn that. And eventually there will be no distinction. It won't matter because even your on-chain Bitcoin will be instant spendable just by doing things like, you know, opening up a zero conf channel and automatically, you know, splicing in or splicing out. And they're, they're just always going to be able to be possible once we implement all of the kind of cutting edge tech. On, on that, y'all are using for liquidity because, because when you do the, the lightning thing, it's not, it's not on the uh, Apple version yet. It's, it's still just on Android for the beta? Yeah, because there's right? there was basically yeah. a, a critical bug in the um, the Lightning Node software that we mm -hmm. noticed that, in, in, so we had to shut it off. And in Apple, so in Apple, uh, the Lightning is off at the moment, but it will be turned on probably next week. Um, okay. And in Android, even though it's on, you can only send small payments because there there's another bug with how it calculates routing. Um, and so it's not really finding good paths at the moment. And so we're working with the LDK team to kind of iron out these bugs. This is LDK actually... from Block? LD... Yeah, well, from Spiral, technically, I think. Spiral, um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Spiral is a project funded by Block. I don't nice. really know the okay. logistics as to whether they the, call themselves the Block. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but they've been really helpful. It's been really nice working with them. The app is really cool. Well, app, the the... The development kit, the Lightning yeah, development kit, kit yeah. that they have has been really great. It's modular and it's something that you can, unlike LND Mobile, it actually can like boot up quickly and you can use it quickly and you don't have to keep waiting for these syncs. Um, mm -hmm. And they now we're at, now we're implementing like, uh, uh, what is it, rapid gossip sync or something where it'll just it'll get a lot better with the routing and these kinds of things. So um, nice. we're excited to kind of iron out these bugs with them because we're technically the first wallet to use their their node in production, implement their node in production. We're not the first to implement it at all. Technically, there is a dev mode you can enable in Blue Wallet to use an LDK node inside of Blue Wallet, but they haven't okay. converted Blue Wallet. Yeah, yeah, it's just oh, they've been they've implemented it and they've test and they're testing it. I don't know what their plan is for exposing it to users, mm -hmm. but they, but they did technically implement it before us. So when I say we're first, I don't mean first, first, it's more first <laughs> users, you know, users having open access to it. First um, default, it's there when you get there. If that means anything, if anybody cares. If but, that yeah. means anything. <laughs> Whatever, but we were first in something, bitch. <laughs> uh -huh. Let's take a pause right here and talk about Swan Bitcoin. And they were the first ever Bitcoin-only company to host a Bitcoin-only event in LA that was named Pacific Bitcoin Conference. Literally the first. There is no other Pacific Bitcoin Conference out there yet. I mean, that's pretty amazing. And it's probably why Michael Saylor is there, Preston Pish is going to be there, Lynn Alden, Pierre Richard, Isaiah Jackson, Troy Cross, Greg Foss, BTC Sessions, and tons of other amazing Bitcoiners, along with, obviously, the entire amazing Swan Bitcoin team. And I will be there too, and it's going to be glorious. And it is happening in just three days, so basically you have tons of time to repair. You are right on time. You are early to the game, baby. And you can get 20% off your tickets with code GUYS. G-U-Y-S. You guys should come and remember, remember, remember guys, that code GUYS gets you 20% off used guys' tickets. You guys, seriously, then go set up an auto savings and auto withdrawal through Swan Bitcoin, guys. 
Seriously, guys, that's important. And guys, 20% off with guys. Guys. PacificBitcoin.com. You will find those details, those links, and that discount code in the show notes. The convenience is overwhelming. Well, it, it, it's a risk, you know, and it was a lot of work to get sure. to this point. And yeah, yeah it's, it's worth something. And I think that LDK is happy to see it as well. You know, they're happy to see their, their work in production and their work in people's hands. And we want to get it fully in people's hands. So, you know, and within, within this month, at least, you're definitely going to be seeing the full like potential of using the you know, combining having your own lightning node in a wallet not having to wait forever for it to sync and combining this with like block tank the lsp service that we have and seeing how just how much better it makes the lightning user experience because honestly yeah. like lightning is really complicated and if you don't go through these measures to make it uh, more abstracted away from the user it kind of sucks um, mm-hmm. and you know, it's kind of becoming a meme among, among the product guys just saying lightning sucks. Like we're, we're all implementing it and we all love it, but we're all like love talking about how <laughs> it much sucks. it sucks. <laughs> um, now it doesn't suck as a technology just in general. It just sucks to try to figure out and navigate, you know, this creating yeah. a user experience that people can deal with. And I think we got, we're getting really close. And, and I think within the next year when we, you know, you see, like I said, splicing and we implement like JIT just-in-time channels and swapping. I think once we have all of that in place, it's going to be pretty cool. What is? It? Tell me again what specifically what just-in-time channels are. Basically, like when you open BitKit, what you'll be able to do is um, you'll have you won't have any channels, but you'll mm-hmm. when you at, when you go to receive the invoice, will the, the, the QR code will automatically already have. Uh, you know, the ability to be a lightning invoice or an on-chain address, like this combined QR code. Right now, okay. if you're not on lightning yet, it's just an on-chain address, right? But sure. with with JIT channels, you'll be able to show an invoice. And what will happen is the the LSP will see that you have an incoming channel and it will be able to basically open that channel for you on demand and okay. take its fee yeah. out of the you know, out of the routing the of that. Yeah. So you still own the keys for your payment, but we kind of, we, we, we're not intercepting it so much as seeing it before you can even receive it and then opening mm-hmm. a channel so you can receive it. And because of things like zero conf acceptance and, and this kind of thing, we can kind of make these really fast, you know, um, payment loops or payment paths depending on what you're trying to do so once we have jit channels you'll actually be able to like show a lightning invoice before you're even on lightning and get that payment that's awesome so so it's very similar to doing like just it's essentially doing an immediate swap um into a channel well remember you don't have it's not exactly because and and maybe i'm not the right person to explain the technicals of this but basically the hell (laughs) <laughs> there, there is an incoming payment and it is to your node from your invoice but you don't have mm-hmm. the liquidity to receive it because you don't even have a channel yet yeah. and so yeah, what yeah. we do is we we open that channel to you and basically we because we see there's money coming through we can we can take our payment in the routing fee and so yeah. we can just yeah. basically open that channel to you and and sell that channel to you quote unquote in the same process of you getting the payment of from receiving the, the actual payment. Yeah. Um, 
So there's not really, I, th- I don't think there's anything atomic happening as far as swapping because it's all your money, but we're getting a piece Swap of it. Swap wasn't the right word because yeah. I didn't mean it specifically in the idea of like swapping Bitcoin to Lightning because somebody's sending a Lightning payment and you receive as a Lightning payment. Um, but swapping as in the, what you could only swap just wasn't the right word. <laughs> but Well, but, the uh, thing is there I, are a lot was, of, there, there are relevant swapping topics with talking about lightning flows as well for like sure. for example yeah. peer swap is a way to kind of you know uh, adjust your lightning balance by paying off chain but you can you can uh-huh. do this atom- you can do this atomically and so we want to add support for this kind of thing as well um we're doing a lot of stuff with lsp specs and we're looking at liquidity ads and just there's, there's a lot of stuff and i don't know how much your audience cares about the tech and all the different cutting edge little features i do i don't give it screw my audience i don't care <laughs> i do this for me <laughs> fair enough <laughs> um but uh so actually in in regards to the audience for anybody who doesn't understand i actually want to take a jab at trying to explain the idea of I kind of want to go back to hole punch and slash tags um, is uh, um, the idea of this as BitTorrent. I feel like a lot of people, particularly in this space are familiar with BitTorrent um, and how it works or how you interact with it. As you go to a website, it's very, very manual. It feels very manual. You're, you're, you're in charge of the entire situation and BitTorrent itself is just like the connection at the end of a path that you have to take, find what you're looking for. You go to a website, you download a torrent, you put the torrent into a client, and then it connects to the network and finds all the peers and stuff and shows you all the details, and then you start downloading the file. What I think of as HyperCore, um, what, hit, what it's enabled in the context of like BitKit and slash tags and Keat is that it's essentially the the connection and seeding and data mechanism of BitTorrent, except that it's take it's changed the first step so that it's like it's now a web experience. It, it's it's something that you can surf through. You can just you don't have to go to a website and download a file to figure out where the file is. That is all just wrapped up in the fact that you have you have an ID and you're just like exploring with that ID and you're just exploring everyone else's ID. And that's why there's no DNS and SSL because that part of the entire process, like there's not it's even a pirate bay anymore. It's, it's just all replaced with pump keys. So it's BitTorrent with a web-like experience built on top of it that is, that could be websites, that could be a podcast. It could feed, be any data feed. So data agnostic. Mm-hmm. So separating, that's why you were talking about like how, oh, we could do the .btc, we could do email addresses, but why? Those things are just to mimic the way the internet, we don't need those things anymore. We, we've, we've surpassed the need. We would just be using it. It would just be like making a movie theater look like a drive-in movie theater because that's what people are used to. And when you know that's not, that's not what you need or, or a streaming Well, a big problem with those things is they require an authority. And so you, you can't have yeah. a domain yeah. without somebody being the owner of that domain, and just yeah. in the abstract. So if you want domain names, you need an authority that, that maps these vanity names to IP addresses or to keys. But if you want vanity names, you need somebody to trust to tell you who is who. 
And yes, we could do that. And there are actually cool things that we can do with that when it comes to like web of trust and other things we want to do in the future. But domain names just isn't that cool once you understand how all that how all this works. Yeah. Email addresses just aren't that cool. Lightning addresses just aren't that cool once you figure out what you can actually do if you just respect keys as the primitive. So as you said with BitTorrent, like the difference is that the files in BitTorrent are unchangeable. They just are what they are. In Hypercore, mm -hmm. you can keep adding more data. And so that means these are updatable files and, and you can, you know, can add things to them. They're additive. And so they can be websites, they can be data streams, they can be chat rooms, they can be, you know, live video feeds. They can be anything, anything. That you can do with data. <laughs> yeah. Like it could it's it's crazy. And it's particularly with how quickly um like Keat, they've been I've been staying on top of their updates and I'm just desperately waiting for them to do slash tags and have mobile because I want to be able to have like a little key widget in my BitKit because the idea this this is this is one of the things that excites me so much about slash tags that I think people it, it even took me a while to adjust to how it works because I'm you're so used to thinking about things a certain way you know my cash app contacts are cash app users and my Venmo contacts are Venmo users and they don't, I can't, I can't take my cash app user and go over to Venmo and pay them or have any idea what's going Like the Venmo wallet doesn't even connect to the server that has the profile. And yeah. If, so, if cash app wanted to, they could support slash tags and then your contacts could be the same. Um, yeah. Now, you know, that, I don't like know how your long contact it will take list to get just, your apps to do that, but they could. It's just totally separate. Like the, the contacts list is kind of like in, in the normal user experience, it's like your phone contacts, except that even that is a major third party thing. It's just at such a low level of the operating experience that your phone contacts work with all of your, you know, apps that can talk phone numbers. Well, this would essentially be like that, except that there's no Apple keeping there. I mean, there's no, uh, there's no phone authority issuing phone numbers like you just you just generate it yourself and then it just exists out there and you can download it from directly from your peer or from anybody else who chooses to um from anybody uh, host like or have that. anybody anybody literally yeah. anybody um, just anybody like who has a copy of the file you know it's the file and you know that only the key that made the file is the one that put data in that file and you can prove it yeah. um so in this way um these hyperdrives that are on the hyperswarm DHT, these these files that replace bit, that replace torrents, they're actually working similarly to a blockchain. That when you, you add new blocks of data, and you, when you add a new block of data, it updates the header of the file so you can see that it's been updated, and now you start downloading the updates. Um, it's just a way to kind of have this sequential integrity, but in a centralized way. So you don't need to have miners or you know or actual blockchain design, you just have this kind of this, uh, I think it's, I think they're using a Merkle tree as far as the cryptography behind it, but they're using this mm -hmm. way to prove that only the key did it and that there is a sequence and that the history of the sequence has not been broken because if you break the history, it does the same thing a blockchain does. It forks it. And so you would mm -hmm. just not follow the fork because you're looking for the original. Um, so to kind of use this opportunity to, since we're talking about getting in the weeds about it, I'll, you know, change perspective again to what we're doing with this in BitKit as far as feeds go. Um, yeah, yeah, we talked about the data in, in the context of profiles and contacts, but there's also this concept of widgets in BitKit. 
And the widget section is basically a place where we're trying to show people that you can actually take a data feed and you can create a window into that data in any app. Um, and so we kind of combined the concept of, say, an OS widget, like an iPhone widget, um, with the concepts of, say, an RSS feed. And we show how you can actually have these little widgets inside of a Bitcoin wallet that are just subscribing to these pub keys on the network. And we made a few kind of stock widgets to show people like what they could do. But the important part about this is, as I describe these widgets, anybody can serve these widgets from any data point, um, from any product, from any app, and any app could support showing them. And so when you add, we have three widgets right now and, and we have plans to add more. Um, and we would like to see we're working with other uh, projects to add their own, for them to create widgets that would be compatible with BigKit as well. But this is an open format. Anybody could support this. So if you make a widget that and you don't tell Synonym about it and you just make it and that and you use one of the formats that already exists that BigKit understands, like for the styling of these widgets, the user will be able to scan that widget, that QR code of that widget, add it to BitKit, and we'll never know. Like you could have a data feed about something, I don't know, uh, pornographic or illegal or whatever, and we would never know. Like it, we have nothing to do with it because the data is, the user is getting the data from you, not from us. And so as long as you use the, the protocol correctly, you can have any widget you want in BitKit. And any widget that we that we make, any app can have add that widget too. So we have a Bitcoin price feed widget where it pulls like prices from Bitfinex, and you can choose which pair. Like it can be like against the dollar, against euro, etc. And it will display that in the same like homepage of your wallet where it displays your Bitcoin balance. So now you can see like the Bitcoin price in euro in addition to you know maybe in your in the app you're showing it in in USD, or you can have um, the Bitcoin blocks widget that we've created, which is just various types of Bitcoin block data that you can get, like the latest block, how many transactions are in it. We even have like a, a fee estimator of what the current you know fee rate is. And you can choose which of these things to display in a widget as well. And then we have the Bitcoin headlines widget, which is basically we, we've we're like scanning a bunch of different RSS feeds from different Bitcoin websites. And we're showing you like the latest Bitcoin headline. And you can tap that headline to go read that article. And so these are just one way to show how you can put data feeds in there. But if, say, Blue Wallet adds support for this, they could show the same widgets and they could show them in whatever style they wanted to because they would just be subscribing to the data feed from us. And so we would now be seeding and, and creating the data that's in Blue Wallet if they support slash tags or any app. And you can, now you start thinking, okay, like what if I have like data feeds that are like the latest podcast episode and I put a play button on that? You've pretty much got a podcast app now. You know what I mean? And so you can start having it's all so these crazy. modular pieces so crazy. of really websites. And, you, and so you could build apps out of this. And this is like what I feel is like the true concept of a DAP. A DAP is just locally assembled data from remote data sources. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you, you can build apps this way, and now if the user has the keys for when they write data, and you, you know which keys you want to follow data from, you know, instead of having like a central server, you have basically have like these serverless apps where all the only the only servers that are in the equation are just people that are seeding data to each other not actually yeah. processing the data and rendering it for you so you can render things in your phone or in your app um 
This is literally what I've been wanting for a very long time in the context of like, as, as someone who has tried to, I mean, I've used and tested out probably 15, 20 different, I mean, that, that's probably like my biggest fault as a quote unquote technical user is I'm never quite satisfied with any of the products. Like there's always like another thing that I wish it would do. Um, and, uh, I've probably, like I said, I've probably used 15 or 20 different podcast hosting services just as a test. Like I'll post, I'll privately post or publish an episode and then try to use it in all of my apps. Um, I do the same thing with Bitcoin wallets. Um, uh, but, um, uh, in doing so and trying a couple of different self-hosted options, it's just not, nothing really, all the self-hosted options are bad. Like they're not. Some of them aren't horrible, but that's about as good as it gets. Not horrible. Um, and the fact that I could do that without any sort of networking or DNS or any of it. Granted, it would have to. Well, there's technically you know, some networking in the DHT networking. But the cool part is well, sure, separate... I was meaning that for hole punch users or for yeah, hole. Yeah. I mean, uh, for uh, BitKit users or whatever. I wouldn't have any other thing. I, it just, the the one thing that I would need for like DNS or networking would be to set up a bridge. If I wanted to go to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, I would still need the traditional means of feeding the feed. Um, well, the cool part here is you can separate the scaling necessity from the data ownership. And so right yes. now, the data has yes. to be hosted somewhere, and they can delete the data, they can change yes. the data, they can decide what APIs that you, they do or do not provide to retrieve the data. But with the, the hypercore you know, underlying tech, you own the data, you generate the, the data, and yeah. anybody can serve that data for you. So instead of your podcast service having all this proprietary stuff, um, your podcast service is just another seeder. And if yeah. you, you know, so the, yeah. the future would be you're just paying as many seeders as you need to pay to make your data as available as your user base expects it to be in various That's a cool way to think about it. Yeah. So um, there's two more features in widgets <laughs> um, that, ah. that, we're, that we're demonstrating. Let's keep um, going. Very related, but basically, you know, BitKit is a keychain essentially. You know, it holds your Bitcoin keys, your Lightning keys, your slash tags keys. Um, and so, you know, there's, obviously this use case of wanting to be able to authenticate using keys. Um, and so, you know, some people have seen how you can do things like LNURL authentication. And this is like using your node, uh, your lightning node uh, ID and kind of merging it with a domain name once again, to be able to create an account on a website. Well, this is a way that you can have uh, just the key and not have to have the domain name be part of it. But the website is also a key now, remember? And so you can cross authenticate. So this removes like middleman attacking and any type of, you know, uh, uh, walled garden aspect. And so it also provides some censorship resistance. Oop, so the website is a key. Sorry, are you there? Yeah. Yeah, I lost you at, uh, uh, just after it removes all the middleman stuff so this also provides some censorship resistance in that okay, if the yeah. website loses their domain name they still have their key you know unless they've been like had the whole server seized and, and somehow the person has stolen wherever they're storing their keys but you know they still have their key um and so they can serve their website from any domain name and prove that it's still them and so it adds this kind of censorship resistance to websites 
in just in general. And so the way that's that that BitKit takes advantage of this is when you we have a we by the way we have a slash tags playground. Uh, it's at we have made a slash tags website called slash tags.to and people can go there and you can use BitKit and kind of play with some of these these demos that we've made. And one of them is an authentication demo, but also it works at Starbacker. So you can go to Starbacker's website and, and make an account there. It's sort of like a, a I don't know if they want to they're like a, like an OnlyFans kind of thing. But they're used as mixed between OnlyFans and Patreon. Yeah, it's a social media kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But they have been, they're very excited about slash tags. And so they're kind of on the bleeding edge with us and implementing it. And so when you log in, you can actually create an account there using only a key. And you don't need an email address if you don't want to give one. Um, And so this is like the first kind of example of how you can use a key, you can have a website account, you can own the account but you don't have to give personal information to be able to do this. And what happens is when you actually, you know, scan a QR to log into a website, it creates a widget in Bitkit of that account. And now from now on, uh, when the website imp- fully implements the feature, you can actually tap to log into that website. You don't even have to scan the QR code anymore. You can just basically, you know, tap on the widget for Starbacker and it will show a login button and you tap it again and it will open up the, it'll do like a basically a magnet link for authenticating in the background and it will open up your web browser with you logged in so you no password no uh, no QR code at all you're just tapping to log in and it's actually authenticated so that we now we can combine that with the feeds concept we just talked about and you can have if you remember earlier in our conversation I talked about having using your key to make a drive about another key. And that's essentially an account, right? So now the website is a key and they make a drive about you. And now you can subscribe to that drive, but you can subscribe to that drive and render it in BitKit. You don't even have to visit the website. So Starbacker is going to add, you know, and any website could add a basically an account feed. And we are in the middle of doing this with Bifinex as well. So basically, without having to log into Bifinex at all, without having to visit the website at all, you'll be able to see your Bifinex balance inside of the kit. You know, you'll be able to see you know, your dollar balance or your Bitcoin balance or your current profit and loss of your open trade on Bifinex. And so now you can start thinking, all right, cool. Like if I can see inside of accounts using this, now you can have like multiple app, you know, different apps that are for managing and, and displaying any website. So you have like this kind of like total modularity and total interoperability. So crazy. I think, I think people... You really like do website have to Legos, you know, <laughs> like literally, literally, like like the 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 idea. So many things become redundant. The idea of logging in becomes redundant, you know, because your the the very establishing of a connection is proving who both of you are. You know, like like as soon as as soon as you're like in this, and I think the the slash auth demo that you have in the widget. I do it every once in a while, and then I've got Starbacker, and I go to Stacker News more just having the widget. Um, I go to Stacker News more than I do ever because it's oh, because like the latest headline widgets yeah, yeah. At the, with the with the latest <laughs> headline. Um, and yeah, I Stacker News gets a lot Stacker of play news. in that in that widget all the so time all because the time they have more posts them. than your average website. So there's yeah. a, you can you usually do see a Stacker News update in there. Yeah, but the idea of just like clicking on this thing and I'm like, I'm immediately go to it and I log in because the slash tags demo or whatever, when you log in, it propagates my profile information 
to in the website. So it's just like connected. Says, "What's up, the guy Swan?" and you know shows my pub key and like the stuff. Um, and oh, fuck, like I don't know. I don't. I don't think people. The website doesn't even have to store that data either. Like it, it's not. It's not. It literally propagates it as I go to the website. The website doesn't have to store anything. It gets it from me while I'm logging in, which I'm yeah. necessarily online when I log in, because um, I have to establish a connection. You know, like it just. It's so crazy. I don't. I don't know. Like, what's the barrier? What's the barrier to getting this stuff implemented? Like, how do, as a as a technical user, but definitely not developer. How, how are the tools around and how is your focus on making this one, two, three clickable to implement on a website or to implement in an app? Like, like what's the, what's the barrier there and where's the process and you're thinking on it? So there's kind of, I guess, two major levels of, of barrier or work to be done in this regard. Um, one is business development, you know, like going out there and like, contacting people and saying, hey, you know, we have users that would really like to see you support this technology. Can we do some sort of like pilot project where we hold your hand and, and help you implement, you know, profiles or implement or create your own widget or and just kind of, you know, do making a, an intentional effort to promote this technology and help people learn and adjust to it because it, there's just a learning curve to just understanding what the hell is going on, even if you are an advanced developer and even if you uh, like program in the languages that we've created all the tools in. Um, it's just understanding what's going on is also hard. And so we have a dedicated business developer just for slash tags. Um, and so we handhold and, and work with people like Starbacker to help them implement this stuff in their projects. And we've probably got about five or six of these in the works right now already. And so I'm not too concerned about our ability to kind of keep showing people, you know, new use cases and, and you know, growing the the hyper core, hole punch slash tags, you know, web next web experience i don't know web xyz <laughs> um, however the hell you market it yeah web uh, seven yeah web 69 i don't know man <laughs> <laughs> um but it's we, we we call our 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 approach slash tags and, and people can call it whatever they want um just call it web 21 just just yeah, skip yeah sure sure <laughs> web b.0 <laughs> um um so that, that's one level is just kind of outreach and intentionally working with people and helping them. So it's work we have to do, work they have to do. Um, users can also help in that level by like requesting the stuff, saying, hey, you know, it would be really cool. I, I wish I could see this data in BitKit. And could we, will you please make a, a feed so I can do that? Um, you know, having a mission. Yeah, having cheerleaders helps. <laughs> one a day. Yeah. And I've, well, I've, I've, I've kept up with it. I've kept up with it for six days. I've kept up with it. I've won a day yeah. and I have, I've been contacting people outside of Bitcoin, which is probably not the best. That's not <laughs> the low hanging fruit um, because they're like, oh, slash tags. We'll look it into that. It doesn't need no to be Bitcoin. No, it doesn't use Bitcoin it in any special way. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, like BitKit uses, in other words, this, the key chain for slash tags is, is, mm -hmm. is derived off of a Bitcoin seed, but that doesn't need to be a Bitcoin wallet. Like a non-Bitcoin app could still generate a seed and just not have a Bitcoin wallet. Like it's, yeah. it works fine. Um, the thing is, so on, on that note, um, I would love to, like I said, I'm trying to refresh Bitcoin Audible and give it a little bit of brand life. 
um, and uh, I'm trying to finally have someone else do something with the website so that it's not just the the back end of what I have some time to throw together at the end of the day. Um, and in doing so, I mean, it's just a basic WordPress thing with like a Divi builder that I just purchased. You know, it's nothing fancy, but how would I go about implementing it? And what's the, to, to basically create logins because the only I've removed all the other logins cause I just got nothing but spam. Um, like I, I hated it. It drove me crazy. I had 157,000 user accounts. Mm, I'm popular. I, it's so <laughs> stupid. It's so stupid. Nobody visited the website. The people do it to look for an episode on occasion. Um, but uh, I implemented, um, I worked with, um, oh God, what's his username? Super Testnet. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, uh, he built me a lightning login. And that's all I've got on the website right now. I would love for it to just be lightning and slash tag. So a cool part is the the lightning login protocol supports a fallback. So you could actually use one QR code for both user types. Um, so that's that's one good thing is you can have slash tags oh, and an LN URL auth login in the same QR code. Um, and it will work in BitKit and it will and it should work. Um, in other words, a, a, a non slash tags wallet will just ignore the slash tags part. And so you'll be able to have both in one QR code. So that's not. That's that's a cool little that's exciting. thing yeah. to make it easier. Um, and then as far as implementing it, so we have in our GitHub all of the modules, all of the demos, and a slash tags SDK. And one of the demos in, in one of the the repos in there is a slash tags auth demo, and it's a fully functional demo. So basically, like it has you know uh, everything you need on the server side and everything you need on the and it has like a fake wallet, and basically it's the whole flow. That a dev that a developer could use to implement and test having authentication inside of their website and be able to test it whether or not they have BitKit or not, um, and kind of create this environment so they can you know install this. This is what we did with Starbacker, and we helped them with it. And so Starbacker implemented the auth. They implemented. They added. A, this is like they did this themselves. They added pulling the profile data and kind of giving you that as an option to populate your account. And they added the the tap to log in, which is that magic linking feature that I just that I that I described. Um, and those are kind of the 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 primitives or the the most basic features you could add just for the auth aspect. But you could also, you know, if if you uh, wanted to, in addition or instead of, if you wanted to, you could have a a uh, audible widget, you know, and you could That's decide. That's what I want to do. Yeah, you could decide what data feed you want in that widget, and I would be happy to even you know spec special UI just so it displays how you want in Bitkit. So right now you could probably use like the headlines widget and have get most of the effect you wanted as far as like mm -hmm. the, the 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 repo that we already have for that widget because it's a head you know right? it's 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 the latest you could be the latest podcast instead of the latest headline right mm -hmm. and it's a URL and you tap on it it could take the person to the website to listen to that. But we could take it further. Like you could have, um, you could replace the icon of the widget with the show episode cover. You know, say you have a different image for each episode, and mm -hmm. it could and it could change it every time there's a new episode. Or you could have I, this might be more work, and I'd have to. Uh, I don't want to totally commit, but we could implement a, a player, an audio player, into the app and actually play the episode from the feed. Um, 
I haven't decided how much I want to make BitKit itself a kind of mega app um, yeah. because it's, it's going to keep trending in that direction and we have to be careful. Um, that but, was one of my worries when I first yeah. started playing with it. Is it going to be too busy? Is it going to try to do m too many things? And I like the idea more of it being like your hub to connect and get to all of the other things. Like the idea of a good example is when I, I have my brother's, uh, you know, BitKit ID or excuse me, slash tag, um, in my contacts, if I hit on the button in his contact that says, send him a message, let's say there's, there's a send him a message button. I would rather it jump over to my default message that messaging. Yeah. App this gets really tricky because, because yeah. people, people already do want, they want this like, Oh, when I add somebody, how come it doesn't, it doesn't say that I have a follower. I'm like, mm -hmm. well, one, that's a tricky problem, but we do have a solution and we are going to implement it. But this mm -hmm. like opens up people are like, oh, now that somebody followed me, why can't I see like their latest status update and micro blogging? Yeah. And yeah, then all yeah, of a sudden yeah. people want decentralized Twitter. Well, we want to build it, <laughs> but I don't know that BitKit is the place to have it. And so yeah. we have to be careful in the same thing with messaging. It's like once you give somebody messaging of any kind, they're like, okay, now I want a GIF search and I want emojis and I want text, mm -hmm. you know, styler. You and suddenly have sync. to attach all the things. And they want it. a whole yeah. chat app, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so you have to be careful with, with, with which features you expose. And the same thing could happen with podcasts. Oh, I want to mm -hmm. play the podcast. Okay, now I want to write it. Now I want double speed. Now I want to be able to boost it and tip them and it's like okay okay <laughs> you know like we, we have if to be there's careful. a built-in player i would rather the built-in player be isolated to only like an advertisement clip or something like like so like i usually do like i grab like some clip or some something for like a minute or yeah, 30 so you you could make your own the beginning spec. of the episode can, i would love make... for that to be it rather than it being the player itself is that it's just you can get a touch, you can get a hint of what it is, and you have to click on it to go listen yeah, so, to it. And so you can make your own that. feed spec. You could say, here, mm -hmm. here's, you know, I've I've forked the headline spec, and now I've added, you know, a couple extra parameters. And so, so here's the podcast. And, and there are already a lot of podcast, you know, schemas that you probably want to, you know, obey, because this would make it more easy to interoperate with things in the future. But you could just, if they don't have this already, you could have like a preview you know, spec and then this is the file that is the preview, you know, audio. And then the widget in Bitkit, if we wanted to, could just, you know, only play the preview. It could only look at that part of the data. And when somebody hit play, it would say play preview or something. And it only played that. But I think even, I think probably in this case, you're right that it'd be better to switch to the podcast player, but we would need to collaborate with a podcast app because the URL needs to get picked up by the OS at that point. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. or we just send that probably even simpler is just sending them to a web page that they can play it on. Um, and mm -hmm. then, and then the web page instigates the player, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the thing is it's so modular, you could design it any way, but at minimum, like you can do, you know, small things are easy, like changing the, the picture to be the latest cover for that episode or the headline mm -hmm. or make updating the URL, things like this. We're also talking about like, Oh, people are going to start asking for, whether the widget can be two rows high instead of one row and they have one, a, a big <laughs> yeah, version yeah. of the widget so they can see more. And, mm -hmm. you know, the, we, it's a delicate user experience um, challenge, but we are up to the task as you've seen. Um, and so we're, we're excited to, to 
to try it. But yeah, as far as your problem for your website and Super Testnet helping you out, we actually specifically have a slash tags auth demo repo that he can play with and try to integrate that with your site. We don't have like a WordPress plugin for slash tag stuff. That would yeah. probably be even easier if we if we did that. But you know, it's getting ahead of ourselves. Who would be a good person to pay? Because I to- I would happily just pay open source have a WordPress plugin. Um, I don't know. Uh, you have to. I'll look do, around. Yeah, yeah. You, you, in other words, yeah. you're probably better off paying like Super Testnet or somebody kind of familiar probably. with the space yeah, yeah, yeah. because uh, nobody. If you say, "Hey, I need somebody to implement uh, slash tags in a PHP widget," they're gonna be like, "Who the fuck? What the fuck are you talking about?" Like, <laughs> at this stage, right? we just released it, you know. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, this gets to the second half of the question you asked a little while ago, where I mentioned business development, and then we went on mm-hmm. this kind of this whole uh, tangent. But um, the second half is the technology side and the languages, and so everything we do is JavaScript, Node.js. It's you know, and everything we do in Bitkit is React Native, TypeScript, etc. And so the problem here is this is new and we've implemented it in like we're a JavaScript team and we've implemented it in what makes sense for us. And uh, Hypercore is also Node.js. So even Hole Punch and their team is all like similar. Like we're all using the same stack of stuff, um, which works fine for us. But then when we go to somebody like say Breeze, who is interested in kind of participating in, in our launch, well, Breeze uses Flutter and none of our React Native stuff can be used. And so mm-hmm. the problem is at some point, hopefully we're going to start a project uh, probably in 2023. We need to recreate the hypercore modules that are important to us in a native language like Rust or something like this, C++. Um, so that way that we can make bindings to any other you know format that people are used to using. But right now you're limited to JavaScript, React Native, Node.js, et cetera. And so that is a limitation on a technological level is people who are using stuff that doesn't support that just can't use it um uh, and so it's like asking them to rewrite all this stuff and and nobody is as interested as we are so we have to (laughs) we have to spearhead you know getting this thing getting the the aspects needed rewritten in in a native language yeah how 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 far down the the roadmap like that's obviously obviously i've got a stack of other things to do so where is that kind of in the process of like, we just started talking about it like you know you. in in, in okay. the past month it's it's become a topic and mm-hmm. i and i've decided it does need to be addressed probably the way i will address it is having separate developers in other words temporary developers or something because this okay, is kind yeah. of like it's kind of like grunt work um it's mm-hmm. not something that you need to be granted rust you can't call rust grunt work because it is like a rare it's still hard to find Rust developers, and they, they still mm-hmm. demand you know a bit more money than your average developer. Um, so I, to call it grunt work is not totally fair, but it is just it is just kind of something you have to bang out and, and gruel and get through to just recreate this code. Um, it's not something you need to be creative or this kind of thing for. Yeah. Um, so hold, hold, we, hold off for just a second. It says you're offline in there thing. I want to make sure that we don't have like a recording problem because yeah i saw a little pause with max so while we pause right here and sort out what ended up being a non-existent problem let's talk about getting sats back on our fold card the fold card the fold debit card literally pays you sats to use fiat 
We know dollars suck. It's a scam, but we all have to use it sometimes. Luckily, Fold understands the severe pain and the emotional trauma, and they give you sats back on everything that you purchase to bring a little bright orange future to you every single time you use your poverty plastic. You know, the fiat scam is pretty successful, but luckily, Bitcoin is here to slowly smother it with a pillow and watch it draw its final choking breath. But as Bitcoin fluffs up the pillow, we still have to be a part of our abusive monetary relationship with corrupt financial authorities and central bankers. But it just doesn't have to be so painful anymore. You know, I took my dogs to the vet today because they're a little sick on their stomach and they clearly picked something up while we were traveling. But I got 2% back on the vet bill. True story. I got the desk lady to spin it for me. It was pretty epic, I gotta say. And, you know, my dogs are gonna be fine. And in a little bit, I'm gonna buy some things off of Amazon that I need to get. And I get 5% back off of the gift cards through the Fold app. And I got to hang with John Carvalho today and talk about BitKit and Hole Punch stuff. And I got my daily sats from Fold. You know, overall, this was not a very bad day. It was a pretty good day. And if you want sats back, well, of course you want sats back. So if you want to use Fold, you can just go to guyswan.com fold to find out more and get 5,000 free sats. Holy crap, is that not the easiest URL ever? Guy Swan, that's my name. Swan has two N's in it, by the way. It's S-W-A-N-N. But then you just do .com slash fold. You add fold onto the name of the URL that I was telling you about. It's me, and then it's fold. And you can just find it in the freaking show notes. So you can, it's like right there. Just look down, and it's like, whoa, there it is. It's all so user-friendly. Check it out. And now, let's keep chatting with John Carvalho from Synonym. All right. So the what I wanted to hit on here in the in regards of business development and figuring out how to get this thing implemented, um, and it would be really great if, I hope I can just find somebody pretty easy and just throw $500 or whatever, thousand bucks at them to build something simple to implement um, and just have it available to people. But And we're here to help as well. So like, you know, yeah. Yeah. chat we have a chat room for slash tags and telegram we're putting together a discord as well you're already in our slack as a tester so um mm -hmm. you, you can talk to r and your dev can talk to r and we'll help how we can um so any questions you know any, any roadblocks just ask hell yeah hell yeah um but uh in in regards to that there is something that like so i i hit up jan from swan um, almost immediately because one of the only things like I love Swan, but one of the only things that I've always felt was like a little bit of a barrier was the fact was the login by email thing, which I understand it's like, that's about the broadest compatibility that is possible, you know? Um, so like I get where they're coming from and it's, it's actually really smart from the context is they now, they now know, don't have like passwords and stuff that they can get hacked for like, like the user, the user owns the email, you know what I mean? Um, but it's it's one extra step in the well. The domain process. name owns the email, <laughs> or the, the domain name. But yeah. in in the same context, you're not adding an additional third party in that sure, setup sure. of another one holding your password. Um, and uh, but it's an extra step in a login process rather than the same or a less a, a fewer steps. So I immediately was like, dude. So how we're we going to implement slash tags? And, and he and he was like, uh, uh, apparently they're looking at getting uh looking at fido um which is this login with your phone thing that apple and google are doing so it's you just make a 
public key with your with your you know the secure element or whatever on your phone. Now, my immediate thought when quote you said, unquote secure element, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but my immediate thought when you said you could actually make a QR that's compatible with a lightning login and slash tags where it like can know the difference. If that thing is just signing with a public key, same as slash tags, do you know anything about it and whether or not it uses the same curve or whether or not you can actually have it so that you had a login that could use either? Do I know um, about Fido or, or or Fido? Yeah, I I don't know a lot about these things. We have okay. I have I have an assigned task for myself to look at like how we might be able to basically hijack OAuth, Fido, you know, all these different login mm-hmm. methods to see whether or not we can kind of pseudo support them or hijack them somehow. But we're just not at that stage at the moment. I I'm not knowledgeable on it. What I would say is, yeah, I think that um, I. I can't i don't know if they want me to talk about it but there's other things swan are looking at from our repos and i'll just leave it at that um okay and so <laughs> so there's not there's not zero context here um and so maybe it wouldn't be impossible to get them to support some of the features of slash tags um whether it be the feeds or or auth stuff um but there is something you have to keep in mind where where we have solutions planned for it but the difference with email is they can contact you, um, and so if the if the it's type of account you, if the type of account that you're making, you think the 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 provider at some point does need to contact you for some reason, well, you need to make sure that either they also have your phone number or your email in your profile inside of your account at that website, or because if you're going to use only a key, they have no you know, there's no dedicated system for reaching you at that key yet mm-hmm. um for example if key added support they could always just message you on key but yeah. what if you don't open key and what if key mm-hmm. you know dies next month like this there's they need some like reliability to be sure that attaching an email to it is still kind of necessary yeah. for the what you're using the service for it's well it's not necessary so much as you had now have to support more of slash tag stuff and some slash tag stuff that doesn't exist gotcha. yet and so yeah, i mentioned yeah. like having a drive for a key like that could be your inbox basically right and so you can mm-hmm. subscribe to your account feed and they could put messages for you in there and then they could subscribe to your feed for them like basically they have an account with you um and so you 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 could leave data in each other's drives and you've got asynchronous messaging but you know right now is the only way that the user would be able to interface with that and so that's that's kind of asking a lot of swan to say oh just put it in a feed and the user will hopefully open their bitkit wallet and see it um, sure. I, yeah. I think that that will become habit, you know, within, the, you know, sometime in 2023, people will be checking in for a lot of different kinds of data inside of BitKit. But right now to replace email, I don't know that, the, the, you know, a service like theirs is willing to just, you know, go on the bleeding edge. But we would be happy to, you know, make to, to navigate that with them. You know what I mean? Like to say, OK, yeah. This is a provider that, de- and Bitfinex wants the same thing. So we'll, we'll end up solving all these problems with Bitfinex anyway. Um, yeah. It's just a matter of if we have like multiple people wanting something, it helps us reprioritize, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and I wonder too, like from, from again, from the business development standard or perspective is momentum and adoption are 
crazy important for this, it seems like, specifically because Hypercore is its own, like I can't, I can't host a website on Hypercore. And like, let's say I'm using the website experience. Like, like I said, the idea of a specific type of experience is a little redundant, you know, like of it's just a website because it could be anything. But let's just say for the sake of normal people are browsing, they think of it in the terms of I need to go to a website is I can't host that on Hypercore and have people visit it unless they have a Hypercore enabled browser or app that uh, would open sort it. of um the server in other words like you could have depends how much of it you want if you want it fully hypercore then yeah the browser itself or the app itself needs to support slash tags mm -hmm. hypercore or whatever um whole punch it just did you know these are, there are multiple ways you could whichever do it. one you but I'm not going to turn BitKit into a full browser, so it's sure, not going to yeah. it's not going to happen there so much as within widgets. Now, but for example, when you go to the slash tags .to playground, that is a website getting served from not the whole website, but just the just the auth demo that's getting served from Hypercore, and so that auth demo is actually getting data out of the the DHT. And and you know pulling your 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 profile and serving data on the web page and the web page yeah. is is interfacing with the DHT directly like so if you have a domain if you're willing to at least you know you, you could band aid this or Frankenstein it in the in the short term if you wanted to make this happen your domain name is just redirecting. that your server your your web server for your domain name is actually pulling everything from Hypercore you could do that. Huh. And so people so can still use the same browser use, yeah, and the same yeah, yeah. domain name system, but the server is just pulling the data from somewhere else. Yeah. That's interesting. Because technically all you need is the DNS. You just need the you need the website front end to take the information. But There's other things we can do it from as the well. local like, drive. We can make a browser extension that hijacks mm -hmm. the URL and you know in, in, in injects the data from Hyper That's a good well. point. Yeah. Um. And but these things are, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's really hard to get a browser extension to take off. Um, yeah. So I'm not. Yeah. So we we know that we're probably going to have to at least make a slash tags keychain for the web browser. But I'm waiting. We we have some other ideas about what we want to do in the browser, and I want to make sure we have a compelling, you know, a unique use case that. Like to give people a reason to actually install something and and I don't know whether I want them to install it on the desktop and a browser extension, et cetera, but um I want to be very intentional and calculated about how we approach that. So it's not something I'm gonna do directly in BitKit, but it is something we are figuring out how we wanna solve. Gotcha. I'm I'm speaking a little bit broadly and but I, I yeah. we have definite plans of what we want to do. I just don't want to commit to them publicly publicly yet. <laughs> no, I hear you. Um I want to ask in, in in that regard, so you talk about uh no skip, skip. Go away. Um so you talk about um uh implementing as a as like a browser extension or something that like would take over it how heavy like so you're essentially running in that browser extension you would be running whatever the hypercore setup is. Like, it depends like, like, because it, there's a lot of designs for this like the browser could be pointing to your node somewhere 
And, you know, and so it, d it depends on what we're trying to do with the browser, the browser extension, what we're trying to do, you know, if it's just a keychain, it's very easy. You don't have to do anything really just, yeah. you know, uh, have a wallet in there. Um, but if you're trying to, you know, uh, serve data out of it or have your own hypercores, it is all still doable and we've played with it, but there are limitations and there are user experience challenges like you're using like the temporary data in the cache and if the person doesn't back up their cores and they don't have somebody that they're paying to seed their cores they might and then they reset the cache they would lose the cache and so you have to have like all of the infrastructure properly in place to do these things you know in a, in a user-friendly way um, and it does just beg the question of should you just do this on the desktop and, mm -hmm. you know, you mentioned hole punch, like hole punch. So slash tags is kind of like a, a it's not a framework, but it is kind of like a, a protocol and layer for, for hypercore, but so is hole punch. And so they haven't released it yet, but hole punch, the company is making hole punch the platform. And this is just a, another way of taking hypercore use cases and making them easy to put into a desktop application. And so that's something, you know, when that's ready, and I think they're going to release the first code before the end of the year um they're going to publish that publicly and Man, so be crazy we will have to see whether or not we want to go ahead and jump on and do something on desktop because it will be mm -hmm. a lot easier at that point um i just uh, we're trying to specialize across our companies and so i don't i, I we've been always interested in the web use case and in the kind of identity layer areas of just attaching metadata to keys and all the use cases around that and they've been focusing on kind of communications and live data feeds kind of thing and so we're trying to make sure we don't double up on anything and that we kind of cover as much ground as possible so mm -hmm. I, I i think that you're just going to have to wait and see as far as how things play out in the next year for the desktop and for the web browser when it comes to having these things but i think you can see already there's a lot that you can already do by looking at the playground looking at bitkit etc yeah it's i'm seeing you know obviously like i said the beginnings of all of this but it's amazing how far you can tell it would go very easily or, or without a whole lot of friction the number of different and additional things that you can do with it um and you can man. portray it like really like uh you know wonderfully and sensationally and say <laughs> you know, that's one way you could do it and I, and I agree like i would say yeah we can rebuild the entire web that's why part of one of the the kind of slogans in, in the promotion Ontario is reboot the web with bitcoin is we're saying okay we have bitcoin as new money as decentralized trustless money we have uh you know slash tags and all this hypercore infrastructure as a way to kind of rebuild the web and base it on keys and base it on data you own and control and you can rebuild everything and you can do things that actually weren't even possible before but if you want to be less dramatic, you can just say, we're, <laughs> we're trying to rewind a few decades and say, hey, if we had implemented you know, how we do the web and made it key-based in the first place, then everything would have been interoperable and we wouldn't have walled garden problems unless people you know, specifically opted into them. And so that's all we're really doing is we're saying, let's detach the data requirement of a server from being you know controlled by the server and let's detach the account requirement from being having to be like also controlled by some party like a domain with an email address or username and password owned by the server and let's just fix the web you know 
and that's really the core of what what's happening is we're saying if we made the web this way in the first place we wouldn't have all these problems and and we would also incidentally have a lot of cool other things that we could do that you can't currently do and so we're just trying to show people this i know this this interview has been a lot about getting in the weeds and the technicals but part of what's cool about bitkit and slash tags is you you have it in your hand you can see you know install the app you can see what it does try the widgets go to the playground add you know add your friends as contacts and you can kind of see what's possible just by putting it in your hands you don't have to understand how it works really what's the biggest barrier right now like what's what's kind of the next big like oh god this is what we have to figure out or this is what we have to tackle that y'all are dealing with at the moment well i mean I think we already talked about barriers when you talk about basically adoption of the technology. Um, so adoption it, is kind of the major. Well, I don't, I mean, it's, you're specifying the word barrier. So I'm trying to think of things that are challenges that are not, that okay. are kind of not in our control entirely. Um, so that, that I see would see anything that's not entirely in our control as a barrier, but we also have lots of work to do, you know? Um, and so <laughs> if, if I could rephrase your question to like, what is the biggest, you know, body of work that you have to do next to keep realizing the vision? I, I'm pretty, we're kind of deciding that right now. Um, we have a pretty, large spectrum of things we could work on and i think i've established i'm pretty sure that the, the main primitive we need to add to this whole function is incentivizing seeding um and so basically okay. giving people ways to pay each other and be paid for seeding the cores seeding the drives um you kind of need that primitive in place to have other structures that make sense like you know decentralized social media um mm -hmm. you know publishing with this stuff like actually putting your podcast out there and having applications that fully support what you expect to work for publishing a blog or publishing a podcast or publishing photos or whatever you want you kind of need to make sure there's always somebody that you can pay to provide scale for that data um because you know no matter how self-sovereign you want to be and i'm going to how, how many tools we give you to control your data totally on your laptop you can't serve your own twitter feed to a hundred thousand people from your laptop like it's just yeah. you can't do it and so you still need so you need to take advantage of this design and say oh the cool thing is i can have like d twitter or you know decentralized twitter.com host my feed for me and and the users can know that they follow me they follow my key that if D Twitter decides to cancel me that they still follow me and they just have to get my data from somebody else. And D Twitter mm -hmm. just becomes like a service that will render cores for you, uh, render these drives for you and, and seed this data for you, but there's no lock-in, you know? And so mm -hmm. that to have that primitive in place, well, there needs to be some sort of incentive structure in there because for now what it is, is, you know, we're just telling people, Hey, if you support slash tags, we'll seed any drives for any of your users for for free. And then then once you start seeding, let's have a mutual relationship and you you'll seed our our drives and we'll seed your drives and let's have an altruistic network. But at some point that data gets to be too much and people aren't going to want to do it, it altruistically. Huge, yeah. And so I think that problem needs to be solved. Um and so that's probably one we'll be looking at. And there are a lot of ways to express that solution once we have it in place and so we have some cool ideas about you know features in in our products and products of like once we have that primitive in place you know just, just imagine like 
we're basically saying like a decentralized cloud or a, or a cloud market, you know, and basically, is, yeah. Yeah. And so it's a pretty cool concept just in itself. I mean, you could do a whole startup just in that idea alone, um, in my opinion. And so it seems it's a pretty They've interesting tried to run next step. 50 blockchains on that idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 50 blockchains. Well, you have also things like next cloud and all these other things, but True. I think yeah. the primitives here are much cooler because it's like, this isn't just a cloud. This is a CDN. This is a web mm-hmm. host. This is a data feed. It's everything. It's the web. Like it's not just a cloud. You know, it's so crazy how much infrastructure and like how many different individual systems and protocols are just kind of in shitcoins. Absolutely, in shitcoins <laughs> are just kind of redundant. When yeah. to think that if we did this twenty years ago you literally could have scaled the internet in a way that just looks entirely just nothing. They tried like though. The, way the, it works. The, the fair thing is like, yeah. So our developers that work on slash tags and this tech, sometimes they get a little bit frustrated or they see mm-hmm. that like, they see that another team has made some progress with some tech that they think is just inferior or a blockchain even is making some progress and it's just frustrating. Yeah. And, and I say to them, look, man, like we did our research and what we found was decades of failure. Like nobody has figured this out. Nobody knows any better than we do. And no matter how much, I'm sorry to like, you know, to single him out no matter how much dan from the web 5 team thinks he's expert and wants to make you feel stupid on twitter he's a failure as well like nobody and he and he likes to say he's been doing this for a long time but he he never got anywhere with it <laughs> you know so the, there's there's no example of Shots somebody that, <laughs> there's no example and it's I not just him you. tim berners lee the the you know one of the fathers of the internet has tried to do this with his product mm-hmm. with solid and and he didn't figure it out urbit didn't figure it out nobody has figured out how to get people to fucking host their own data own their own data and use keys for everything and so you you can't be discouraged because they didn't figure it out because they didn't do it correctly yet and so i th- i really like the the design and approach we have hey maybe we'll fail too but at least we tried something different you know uh, and i think that's what's important so you know well, now i lost track of your, your original question <laughs> shit i don't even remember what it was anymore <laughs> But yeah, so you know, th- there's there's no reference. Oh, I know what I was going to say. There's no you know reference saying these guys do it right and this is how it should be done and this is why it didn't happen before. You know, there's like let's let's trailblaze and discover what the solution is. But I think what's different between now and the people that have failed for decades before us is that there was no way to communicate and put keys in people's hands, like. You know, even Keybase tried and they failed. Um, and yeah. you know, there's just in in before that and before Bitcoin, just nobody really wanted to hold keys and nobody really wanted to make a keychain or what we call a wallet as an app. Like it was just not really practical. You only found it in very niche like, use cases, like signing your GitHub, you know, build with PGP key. Um, you know, there's, there's deeper yeah. cryptography people that will use PGP keys. And you even had like the original web of trust for Bitcoin for trading. And then you had the Bitcoin web of trust using PGP keys. And then they started also using Bitcoin keys. And that's a lot of the inspiration of, of slash tags also is just me being around seeing that happen and seeing people use it. 
So the difference today is people have keychains. They have an incentive to own keychains and have apps that do signing. Um, and so we have that now as a tool and we have BitKit as a toolkit to be able to say, hey, look, this isn't just you know your toolkit for Bitcoin. It's your toolkit for all keys that you would might want to use for any reason. And that's that's the difference today is we're trying to leverage that. Okay, people care about keys now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing what the incentive. Well, as soon as you have digital money, you have to figure out how to manage the keys. You know, as soon as Bitcoin is, and and you have that feedback loop of the more necessity of bitcoin in our ridiculous political environment and the constant frictions and barriers of money around the world the more adoption and the momentum of bitcoin actually feeds the momentum of this because the barriers constantly fall to uh basically branching out to 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 adding slash tags to adding to thinking about things this way and I think that's something that everything that came before it didn't have. And also from the context of something that I've ever held in my hand, tried from start to sending a message or from start to adding a profile or a contact, everything has always had some big barrier that I was like, oh, it'll be great when this goes away. And I have not had that. It, when I added contacts in BitKit, it worked. When I sent a message over Keep, it worked. When I added a widget, it worked. When I logged in, it worked. And that was a that. Thank you for not mentioning the things that didn't my work. Excitement. Do what? <laughs> Thank you for not mentioning the things that didn't work. <laughs> well, there were plenty. There were bugs. There were app <laughs> bugs. But the the process hid all of the things that I usually have to deal with. You know, every time sure, like, yeah. like next class. Any of the things thing, that didn't work is just because they don't work yet. It's not that they can't work. Exactly. Um, exactly. It's that they will work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that has that has got me more excited. I keep talking to Matt Hill from uh uh Start Nine. Um I keep talking about like I want I want every everything on Hole Punch <laughs> or everything on slash tags, like put it put it in my embassy, please. I don't know. I don't oh, know how I, you have to I, figure I, that out. I bumped into them in Amsterdam at the conference there, and I slash pilled them hard. Don't worry. Slash pilled. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Hell yeah. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that momentum up, and like I said, I'm gonna do a one a day um, of uh, contacting someone and just telling them about slash tags, and then pseudo begging them to get it implemented. Uh, but last Volunteer question, business I guess. Developer. <laughs> do what? I said, you're our volunteer business developer. 100%. Where, what's the next thing? What's the next thing that I should be waiting for on BitKit? I mean, immediately Um, it's just fixing Lightning and making sure that's mm -hmm. fully functional. So we'll be testing that later this week and and hopefully pushing it out next week. Um, That's the immediate thing. There are, you know, a few miscellaneous, you know, bugs and small like features that people asked sure. for that we we knew we could get in there and they and they were correct to ask for. So I just think in the short term it's going to be just, you know, polishing it, souping it up a bit, and, and getting it to like a true, you know, non-beta form. Um, as far as features for Bitkit that don't exist yet that we are, you know, on the roadmap, um, we have really cool stuff that we can do with slash tags with subscriptions. Um, Mm -hmm. and so we want to kind of show that. And so 
we'll either show it when we also make other products like using slash tags, like decentralized social media or whatever, or publishing or such, but that's going to take a lot longer. And so we would be interested in anybody listening to this that has subscription use cases, you know, from the website or product side that want to be able to, you know, integrate this with BitKit because that's something we'll be working on in um, probably Q1 or so. Yeah, you. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, but yeah, um, so subscriptions, we have some cool solutions for that. Slash tags really unlocks a lot of that. There's a lot more we want to do with slash pay supporting, you know, uh, different payment types. You know, you've got, you know, uh, PTLC channels, HTLC channels, you know, SegWit, uh, legacy, uh, maybe some token stuff once pair credits ready. Um, we want to, we want to show people that this is actually we're actually trying to fix the whole payment protocol game too. Like this is like another thing that's possible now. Um, and I think that that's a better approach um, than trying to do things that are dedicated, like Bolt 12 trying to fix lightning invoices. This is just like uh, Bolt 12 on steroids. You know, we can do subscriptions mm-hmm. like fully fleshed out. It's not like limited to whatever you can do with lightning. Um, yeah. It could be any payment method, um, really. And so we're trying to fix payment protocol stuff. So subscriptions, um, BitKit, uh, Bitfinex integrations as well. So being able to like, get a feed for your Bitfinex account and showing exchanges, what you can do with this, um, eventually adding auth as well. Uh, and hopefully next year, you know, probably a year from now, we'll have a bunch of big updates again, you know, like we'll do the same, yeah. like big, big hurrah, but we will, when something's ready, we'll release it when it's ready as far as the future goes. But we also want to add the ability to buy Bitcoin. Um, and that kind of goes hand in hand with being able to like make an account and exchange using a, key which means solving like those messaging problems you know things like this um but we have like a lot of cool stuff we want to do with like dca and saving bitcoin and you know etc um i'm sure i'm forgetting things that we did a, i did a presentation and I, i'll probably what i'll do is i'll like turn that deck into a tweet storm at some point in the next week so you can That's see all the, all the things because there's upcoming i have all the whole list of upcoming features we want to do um, but those is are the main ones. Oh, and then of course the peach credit one, and maybe we could use that as a segue to talk about peach credit a little bit, but, um, Wait, pear credit, peach sorry, credit? peach credit, pear <laughs> credit. Yes. <laughs> All these fruits and vegetables. Mm, peaches. <laughs> um, well, uh, I'll give them a shout out. Peach wallet is actually interested in, 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 in looking at uh, stuff as well. Okay. Um, and so Peach Wallet is like sort of like a local Bitcoins kind of thing. And they have a lot of stuff they oh, want to do, profiles and reputation. Oh, yeah. Nice guys. Um, one of the devs lives here in Lisbon and um, Steph is is the CEO there. And so they're they're very open minded and interested and they have a lot of like problems to solve with profiles and reputation. So they're very interested in this stuff. So that's why Peach is a little bit in my 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 brain. Um, gotcha. But yes, pair credit. Um, pair credit is just using again the same primitives like that the fact that like this this these append only logs and this dht allow you to do similarly similar stuff to a blockchain but just with the assumption that the issuer is centralized these are all ious right and mm-hmm. so i i had a very kind of um i was just getting frustrated with like 
I had spent uh, a year or two trying to get RGB to make progress. I had spent another, you know, six months a year implementing and playing with the team with Omni and Omnibolt, um, looking at the pre-bips for Taro and, you know, just looking at all these things and the idea of having to do business development for a new token protocol, any of those three, I was just like, I just, I can't, like, I'm not going to be first. I'm not going to be dependent on some other team that is, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it just all felt wrong. And I was like, just, you know, talking to Apollo about it and saying like, man, I don't even know. I'm starting to wonder whether you need a blockchain for this at all. Like, I know people say just use a database and that's, that's probably what people think when I say that, but no, like. There, the, the, what is the special part of tokens on a blockchain is that they're bare instruments. Like even though they're yeah. IOUs, there's still something that only I can hold. And if I give it to you, I can't redeem it anymore. Like that, mm -hmm. that, that digital bare instrument quality is why Tether got to $70 billion is why, you know, DeFi cares so much about, you know, automatic market making and, and die and, and USDC. It's all because of that. That's the one quality. Yeah. And so we, we had a conversation about what all the requirements are. And he said, you know, like I had been work he had, you know, I, Paulo, had been working with Matias a while back on some ideas similar to this using hypercore infrastructure. And he would, and he, he said that, that he's pretty sure that he could meet those requirements with these primitives. And so it just became a project. And so six months ago, they started working on it. And we've been kind of testing and, and playing with this idea of using hypercores as ledgers and being able to have, you know, issuers have this, this kind of pseudo decentralized way of giving people credit that they can trade peer to peer. And we're actually going to do a spaces on this. So I, I shouldn't spoil too much. Um, I don't know when you're actually going to release this anyway, but uh, we're doing a spaces <laughs> together on Wednesday of this week and, and we'll talk about it What's in more on? detail. Um, I have to look. I have to have it in my DMs, okay. but probably send me the info. I might I might be on the plane, but if I'm not, I would like to be there. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, but the cool part is you still get the digital bear instrument quality, and you get the peer to peer aspect. And so what this means is we actually are doing like lightning style channels for databases. And so like when I want to pay you. I actually can open a channel with you that has like a state, just like a lightning channel mm -hmm. does. And we're like off instead of off chain, we're off database. Um, and we can transact peer to peer together without the issuer being involved at all. Um, and the cool part about this is like when you compare it to doing say tokens on lightning with Taro or, or Omnivolt or such, um, there's no routing. There's no liquidity path. And so these are like the trade-offs. There's no and data constraint. Like there's there, there's just not any constraint other than that. I have yeah. to know your your pub key, and you ha you have to be online so I can send you money. Um, but like these That's these cool. are essentially disposable lightning channels. Like I could make it and close it, and I don't have to worry about like the on-chain fees or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and this allows you. So the the data structure is like this kind of pyramid where the issuer creates the first you know ledger. And anybody who has an account in that ledger can use their can lock their balance to make a new ledger, and so mm -hmm. that becomes like another ledger that only has that account balance, and people can now have accounts in that ledger, and then you end up with this whole pyramid of you know 
uh, ledgers that are all separate but dependent on each other, dependent on the main root. But you can now bridge across them using channels. So like I can open a channel from one ledger to another and I can have this peer-to-peer aspect and I don't need to worry about the liquidity routing that you would have to worry about with using the Lightning Network, um, the Bitcoin Lightning Network. You kind of have this just direct peer-to-peer. Like I say, I want to pay you. Tell me your key. I pay you. And now you have the proofs from my ledger and now you can have the balance instead of me. And so it's just... We still have to audit it, and there's still a chance that there's going to be trade-offs that I'm like underselling or, or overselling, however you want to put it. Um, and so, you know, we aren't committing to it being perfect or you know the the total token killer. But I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it is the you know it is the token killer. I'm pretty sure that if all you care about is centrally issued credit like IOUs, I'm pretty sure that this is going to be like the the dominant obvious choice. Um, like I, I can't think of so far things that you wouldn't be able to do with this that you could do with other things, unless there is some like when we when we fully audit it, there's some sort of fundamental cryptographic flaw or with our, with our methodology or something. Um, mm-hmm. But it's pretty exciting because all I ever wanted was just a way to express peer to peer credit, and now that it just gives us one more thing we can say that by working together like across our teams we don't have to use a blockchain for this either. Like no blockchain for web three, no blockchain for identity, no blockchain for tokens. Just like literally the only thing a blockchain is for is Bitcoin. And I really like that. Yeah. It's funny. It's almost like to solve all the data problems, you just need data protocols. And <laughs> you don't need to invent a new money every single damn time you want to solve another. Well, and it's almost like blockchains utility. are, it's almost like blockchains scale pretty badly. And why did you choose one as your data format <laughs> in the first place? <laughs> so crazy. All right. Um, well, we will close this out here unless there's anything else you wanted to add. There are a couple of things that, couple of other things I could have gotten into, but I think we should save it. Um, sure. Uh, there were some things about Taproot. Uh, at some point, we should have a conversation about the RBF thing. I know, I'm sure all the audience is going to be like, oh, what the... F- he's d- that's what he's been talking about on Twitter. But <laughs> not, not for today. Not for this episode. Um, but is there anything else you want to add, toss in at the end? No, I mean... The RBF thing has worn me out a bit, and I had a very <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very worn out from you know doing the the week in the week in Amsterdam, the week in Lugano. Then we did another week in Italy because we had like this kind of like not private conference, but this kind of like Fulger Ventures incubator in Italy, which mm-hmm. was really cool. Uh, Jimmy Song was there. Peter Todd, my my RBF arch nemesis, was there, um, <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of like the different you know teams that Fulger has invested it in. So it was a really cool business development opportunity. It was really cool to like explain slash tags to people and learn about their projects and talk about how we could work together. Um, mm-hmm. But after all of this travel and and the past few days of twittering really hard, I'm burnt out, man. And I, I'm probably there. Probably are things I should be bringing up, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we covered. I think we covered them. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Relax. Take a minute, and then get right back to work. So that yeah, <laughs> I can have more Bitkit and slash tag things. <laughs> That's the plan. That's the plan. Is the uh, Logano uh, talk and stuff online yet? Not yet. Not yet. Um, not I'm yet. pretty okay. sure that that they will be publishing them though. 
Um, well, the, the stuff the from Amsterdam is out, link. though, if you want to watch that. I did a panel. The what is? Uh, the Amsterdam, uh, Bitcoin Amsterdam. Those hey. videos are out. Um, I did a panel I with, uh, I did a panel on Bitcoin maximalism. Um, and I did a, a panel on uh, dollars over Bitcoin. So kind of like a token-y kind of panel. But this was before we announced pair credit. So I had to kind of like hold my tongue on some answers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will get the link to that. And that is memorized, memorized into notes. All right, man. Dude, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, man. Like it's been, it's been really nice having, you know, somebody on the outside be so interested for, and so patient as we developed. So I really appreciate your support and and having me on. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah, man. I'm, I'm here for the mission. This is, this is one of the most promising things, and I've probably said this a couple of times, but in the realm of these sorts of projects, of everything that I've touched on, this, and, you know, I'll shout out to Dan, I'll shout out to Fiat and Noster and, like, all the people who are building. The fact that there is, like, kind of, like, aggressive competition about this has me so excited <laughs> because, like, somebody's going to get mad enough and be insulting enough to solve the problem. You know, sometimes that's all you need. You just yeah, need yeah. people to be enough of assholes to to get that that angry energy to to build the solution to all of these problems. And so just I'm just stoked. to stoke the fire a little bit, I'll say like what we're doing is obviously better than what Dan is doing in Web Five. Like that's nonsense. One hundred percent. No, I like. There's a lot of overlap in 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 what they're trying to do, and you know, we we obviously are choosing a few, making a few different decisions. Um, sadly, like while this stuff should all should be interoperable, um, it's easier said than done to actually make yeah. these, these things interoperable for reasons like you know, like JavaScript versus whatever they're coding in. It's and mm-hmm. these things get tricky. But I will. But I'm the reason I'm going on this little rant is to mention that Noster is actually something that could be improved by what we're doing, and so it's not it's not as much overlap. Um, and so that if they, they if they use slash tags and and hypercore as a basis for what they're doing, um, it could just improve what they're doing. You're gonna have to uh, work on Fiat Jaff to convince him of that. But he has <laughs> he has started playing with DHTs lately, so it's not impossible. <laughs> nice, nice. I'll. I'll ease in and just like constant small pressure. That's how you tear people down. You get them (laughs) constant pressure over long periods of time. What is it like? Nobody, nobody wants to get in the way. Ah, It's like, it's one of these guys like Rocco, whatever, Jocko, like one of these inspirational guys. And he says, nobody wants to get, nobody wants to stand in front of something that won't, won't stop that, that persists. Like, so eventually they get out of the way. He puts it better than I do. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see if I can find the exact quote. We'll, yeah. we'll toss it in at the end of the episode. <laughs> All right, man. Dude, thank you so much. I will catch you. We'll probably do an update soon, and I'll hit you up in the Slack and all that good stuff. Sure, sure. Oh, you should join the Slash Tag Assembly Key group, too. You're on oh, key. yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I've been I mean, like on the road. I haven't been like uh, doing anything with chatting. No so. mobile yet. Yeah, Lazy. yeah. Mobile would Lazy make it guys. more likely for me. Yeah, I think they're they're pretty they're pretty close on that though. Nice, all right, man. All right, thank you. See you. Take later. it easy. I'll catch you on the next one. Bye. All right, guys. 
I hope y'all enjoyed this episode as much as I did. There will definitely be more to come on this. Like I said numerous times, this is just something that I have been on top of. In fact, while I was getting this episode together, Keat actually pushed a new update, and there will be a couple more coming this week, apparently. And it is crazy fast. Um, like... There were there was a little bit of sluggishness, particularly when opening like the rooms that now have like really really long chats in them, and it's way faster. I mean, it's it's really kind of incredible. Like there's almost no delay at all. Um, and for something that is truly that is like completely peer to peer, that is encrypted and is going to have slash tags implemented soon, uh, this I just this stuff is just so this is so much fun to me. So anyway. Um, you should check that out. I'll have the link in the show notes just because we talked about it so much. Obviously, the link to the BitKit wallet. Um, again, they are in beta. There are even still some bugs that they know about that just haven't been sorted yet. So just understand while you're playing with it, this is just so if you want to dig into it and get an idea and a feel for this stuff before its you know final product, this is your opportunity to start playing with it. And if you find any little bugs or little quirks or any thoughts about like, you know, the user interface, I know they would be very, very happy to hear about it so they can make it perfect. And I will have my slash tag in the show notes, actually, so you can play around with it and you can add me as a contact. And that's going to be right there with the Keat link, the slash tags link, the synonym link, and the BitKit link. Man, and you know, all this stuff is going to be in the show notes and I just... It's so helpful and so nearby. And that's also where you can find our sponsors like Swan Bitcoin and Fold and CoinKite plus discounts and free sats and stuff. I mean, just wow. Wow. Those show notes, man, they are something else. <laughs> Check out John Carvalho. I have links so you can follow him. And yeah, that'll do it. We'll be back here tomorrow with a read. I'm going to try to get, even though we're going to Pacific Bitcoin, I'm still going to have, try to have uh, episodes all week. And I'm, I'm finally feeling towards the end. I'm getting towards the end of Bitcoin is Venice audiobook. And I'm so excited that it's going to be my top focus when I get back from Pacific Bitcoin is getting through that audiobook and getting that out to you guys. So stay tuned. A lot is on the way. I got Naib Bukele's article tomorrow, which is really good. You don't want to miss it. So, subscribe, and I will catch you on the next episode of Bitcoin Audible. I am Guy Swan. Until next time, everybody, take it easy, guys. Nothing in this world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. The slogan, press on, has solved and always will solve the problems of the human race. Calvin Coolidge this podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.